Hey guys, here's the first of a two-part interview I did with Ethereum Society Minister Oscar Leon. Before I play it, I just want to make it clear that although I do believe that extraterrestrial life is a inevitability in the universe, I haven't seen any evidence to support the particular claims of this group, their version of the extraterrestrials, telepathy, astral projection, and whatever else. Really, this interview is just about listening to the beliefs of other people, being able to express how crazy you find them uh, without being a complete jerk about it. Perhaps thinking twice about whether or not some of your own beliefs are any more firmly grounded than these. So without further ado, let's get right on to the interview with Oscar Leon. So, Oscar, um, could you share with me a bit, like, what is the uh, Aetherius Society? The Aetherius Society. I know it's kind of a tricky word to pronounce. Aetherius, <laughs> like ether, basically, is where, where that name comes from, ether. Aetherius Society. Um, what is it? Um, to try and just sum it up, you know, we're a group of people that want to be of service to the world. We want to help the world. We're interested in the betterment of humanity through enlightenment, healing, um, those various ways, spiritual development, as well as doing this in cooperation with beings not from this earth, um, highly evolved beings not from this earth, as well as from this earth. But the idea is that in cooperation with these, what we call cosmic masters, um, through the study of their teachings, through the performance of some of the missions that they established through our founder, Dr. King, on Earth, we can help to better serve our fellow mankind, the rest of humanity, for the purpose of global enlightenment, world enlightenment. You know, our, our desire is similar to many quote-unquote religions of earth you know just to to live in a peaceful and enlightened joyful world um but there are certain i guess aspects of our teachings that are were perhaps unique from the rest of i guess you call mainstream religions and we can get into that after but basically we're just a, a service-oriented organization we're a nonprofit. we're a church we're a religion we're a philosophy we're a metaphysical path we're a brotherhood, a uh, spiritual brotherhood, all the above, you know, instead of just trying to figure out names for all these different things, I mean, somebody asked me, what's the Aetherius Society? Well, it's, it's a way of, give, of giving service to the world. So what are some of the, uh, I guess, philosophies or, or tenets of this society? I'll try and cover it all very briefly. Yeah, I know. Should it's it's kind of like asking someone to define, you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Be, a lot of people, um, you know, take a look at our, our, our teachings or our website or, or our publications and, and say, hey, this is kind of like Christianity, this is kind of like Buddhism, this is kind of like yoga, well, you know, what is it? Um, well, essentially, I'll take you through the main beliefs, um, starting with the most complete. You know, we believe in something that we refer to as the absolute. Um, some people call it God, um, the great spirit. You know, it's been known by various names, but it's something that we believe is behind creation, throughout all of creation, and will be there after creation as we know it. It's something that's infinite and yet something more than that. So it's something that we can't really fathom, 
but it's this 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 allness it's this allness that contains everything and that pervades everything and we also believe that all of manifestation all of creation in the universe as we know it are aspects or 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 um sparks of this divinity of this absoluteness which through this process of evolution we all these different aspects are slowly um returning so to speak back to this allness this absolute this great being of oneness um so which means everything is alive everything is living and that is you know very central to our 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 belief you know not only are human beings living and evolving but you know so are the rocks so are the plants so are the atoms that make up this you know table that you know we're seated at you know we feel that we believe that everything has life a form of life maybe not the kind of life we're used to with the two arms and two legs but it's alive it has some aspect of consciousness and it is evolving so that takes us you know to this whole concept of extraterrestrials you know we certainly recognize that we're not the only life in the solar system we're not the only life in this galaxy and that there is actually more advanced life even just in the solar system we believe that we've been visited by advanced masters throughout our history um some male, most of the major world teachers uh, and leaders and religious um um founders we believe were cosmic masters you know beings who came from other worlds avatars as the hindu religion refers them to um who came to teach for a certain mission had something specific to do um raised up humanity just a little bit left some seeds and off they went um and we also believe that even in just recent history that this has happened um another very very important core uh, tenet or belief to to our path is the fact that the mother earth is also a living being that is growing and evolving and highly advanced much more than than any of us you know combined here on earth not only that she in recent history has received what we call a her primary initiation you know um we go through different stages in our lives just in our human life you know going from you know, an infant to to a child to a teenager we have different stages of puberty so to speak different stages that initiate a new stage in our in our in our life Well, the mother earth you know kind of in, a, in an analogous kind of way is approaching a new stage in her life and what that means what we believe that to mean and have been told that means is she will be rising in her vibrations will be increasing her body will rise to a new form of existence a, a more subtle uh form of life a more subtle uh physical reality on her surface And so what does that mean for the rest of humanity? And this is where it all kind of all comes into play. The cosmic masters coming, George King and his mission, our desire to help and uplift the world. Well, she's rising in vibration and that is going to shortly take its effect in full on earth because not everybody's going to be able to withstand this high vibration. It's a gradual process and a lot of the masters from earth and beyond earth are here to help with this transitional process that um the more gradual they can make it the more hum- of humanity can remain to to live on this new 
earth, so to speak, and take our place on this planet. And so essentially that, that means, you know, world enlightenment. And, and obviously, I mean, when you say frequency, we're not, I'm not talking about a radio, I'm not talking about a radio frequency, I'm not talking not about the literal, it's more like a sort of a con- concept for me, at least. It's a, uh, yeah, you know, Although, you use these English words, and they have definitive meanings, but it, what you're, what you just brought up was something that, you know, is kind of difficult to define. Yeah, although when we mention frequency, um, we are referring to to a vibration, you know, and and I th- and also tied into our beliefs is that not only is everything alive, but through being alive, you have movement. There's vibration, you know. There's a there's a a degree of vibration in everything in existence, and that vibration gives off a light, gives off a sound, um, even gives off a color. So everything is vibrating at a certain rate, you know, with a certain amplitude, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what we can measure, the vibrations or the frequencies that we can measure with our current day scientific instruments is, and I, and I know that, you know, much of the scientific community will admit this, only a very limited range of what they believe is out there as far as um, vibration or things that they can detect as far as light spectrum, sound, et cetera, et cetera, and even other areas that they are not even aware that can be measured, you know, at this day, at this day and age. Um, so when we speak of the, the Mother Earth rising to a higher frequency and the Earth and the humanity, excuse me, um, also rising to a higher st- uh, state of frequency, yes, it, it's a certain level of vibration. Uh, it's a physical thing, you know. Our bodies right now, you know, this type of... Uh, matter that we inhabit is a physical vibration and when it becomes more higher it becomes more what we you can refer to as more subtle you know um there have been experiences where people see ghosts or fairies or apparitions or things that are kind of hazy you know we believe that yes there are instances when certain beings from a higher realm or a different realm of vibration kind of slowly lower the vibration so that we can kind of detect it with our eyes which measures certain uh, frequency vibration but it's just kind of a glimpse that yes there is this range of of frequency range of vibration um, which kind of brings up another aspect of our teaching is that there are different realms of vibration different realms of life so we're currently living in a physical in what we call the physical realm which is a certain uh, a collection of vibrations that we can see and touch and smell and hear and etc cetera, etc cetera. but there are other realms that have perhaps higher vibrations but also there are other realms that have lower vibrations, which throughout the centuries have been referred to as the hells or the heavens, you know, referring to the higher frequencies. So it's, you know, when we're talking about frequencies, yeah, I am referring to some, a very physical thing. Okay, I see. So, so we have these different frequencies. Um, well, actually, let's, let's move forward a, a bit here because I, I'll, I'll need to process this. <laughs> because sure. because uh, I'll, I'll admit that, uh, I mean, it, what, what I find interesting about when I was reading this, and, and by the way, I think that the quickening is what you guys might have called uh, mm-hmm. it happened and sure. started in the early 60s. Right? 1964, yeah. Right. So uh, the interesting thing about when I read the website is that as someone who doesn't believe in God or doesn't believe in anything that's at least been um, 
has been sort of like um, put forward to me mm-hmm. is that um, I can understand a good deal of what's being said here, but there's always certain things that I guess I can see and I just don't have any, I don't have any like, um, first of all, it doesn't seem to be defined well enough for me, but also it seems like when I see them, I'm like, but how how can they possibly have enough evidence mm-hmm. to be able to 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 know this? Like, right. for instance, like you said that um, these beings are on different realms. You said that they have different frequencies, mm-hmm. etc. Well, if if we are not able to measure them scientifically, how do we know? That these things exist. Yeah, no, and, and I, I uh, completely understand your question. Um, I also had similar questions when I first started studying metaphysics or anything outside of you know Catholicism, which was you know what I was raised in, and you know I questioned everything. You know, questioned everything. Yes, how do you, how do you know? Uh, I questioned the government, questioned schools, questioned our history books, um, and, and to be honest, you know, a good deal of skepticism is healthy. You know, it's healthy. We, we shouldn't just take things on as blind faith. And our founder, you know, our spiritual master, Dr. King, would also state very publicly, you know, don't take these things on blind faith. Apply them to your logic. Investigate them. Um, apply your experience to it. Um, and basically, it's going to be your own discovery. You know, we can't necessarily provide you the proof that you need. You know, even when I was looking for, for answers, you know, there wasn't one thing or one person that said, oh, yeah, he just proved it to me. You know, like some mathematical proof that, you know, I had to go through when I was in college. It was something, it, you know, it's an inner, it's an inner conviction. It's an inner knowing. You know, and this is why one of the reasons I was really turned and attracted to Buddhism, because they, you know, instead of taking our senses outwards to try and get all this information from out there and get all these answers and, and confirmations and proofs, you know, the Buddhist concept is, you know, go within, go inwards. Um, you know, your consciousness, especially your, the higher aspects of your consciousness as you develop, you know, when you go within, um, will reveal a lot of things to you that the current day scientific instruments have not yet revealed or been able to detect or measure. But going back specifically to your question about, you know, if we can't, you know, directly measure these things, measure the other realms, how can we really know? Um, So aside from that whole prelude, uh, there have been people throughout the ages that have been able to have physical experiences, tangible experiences, scientific experiences that they were able to repeat both themselves as well as with uh, others in a group. And, you know, this kind of goes back to uh, refer to the times of ancient yoga, the ancient yogic, ancient Vedic um, uh, times when these were were referred to as the rishis, you know, these ancient seers. Um, they would study the the internal mind. They would they would really tap into some of these inner forces, these the states of consciousness, which they felt um, would be the real instrument to measure reality. Um, and even science is starting to to um, to tap in that that same knowledge that what your state of consciousness affects very much your um, outlook in reality. 
you know, how this person's state of consciousness can affect what they see and hear. So there have been people who've experienced these things repeatedly as far as the other realms, people who have physically um, traveled to these other realms in what they refer to as their subtle bodies or astral projected bodies. Um, and in, in cases where it's repeated, you know, like a scientific process, something that you can repeat and, and, and also um, have other people do similar things and have the same experiences. So there, just to get back to your base, your question again, there have been people who visited these other realms. Um, their consciousness has visited these other realms. Um, and, and it's been a process of years and years and decades and decades and centuries of logging this, of, 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 of studying this, of teaching this but it's not scientific mainstream. You know, there isn't a device that has been invented with our technology, like, you know, like some type of um, detector or, or radio frequency detector that says, oh yeah, here's another realm. Um, that hasn't yet been invented. I believe it may be at some point down the future, um, but that's one of the reasons why people have a hard time believing that there are other realms, or there, there is life behind what we can see, feel, hear, and touch, because they just haven't been able to feel it or see it with their own five senses. I guess even with what you're telling me now, um, I guess the refrain against that would be something like, you know, well, um, you can have these trips you can have these voyages, but again, you're the you're the only one who are, is on that trip. So until there's a way to somehow, but again, it's not take the, the, that. Yeah, I mean, I, until there's some way to actually share that. Well, it has with been. Some then, other then, one else. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why it, it wasn't one person having these trips and voyages and documenting this. It was groups groups of, of people um, studying the mind, studying state of consciousness, studying the subtle reality, studying the subtle senses. Um, what some refer to as the psychic senses, um, you know, the, all the psychic phenomena that, you know, that we experience in life, um, these things are studyable, not only best by one person, but by groups and that they can share with each other, they can confer with each other, they can confer with those who have studied in generations before and generations before, you know, so this is generations in the making. Um, and it's, it's, it's through a multitude of, of, of people, not just one person or even just one place on earth. It wasn't just in India or just in the Himalayas, but happened in the Americas, happened in Africa, happened in pretty much all the continents across the world. Um, it's just not mainstream yet. And that's a big hurdle for people to, 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 to get over. If it's not reported in a scientific journal, if it's not reported in some mainstream news channel, you know, it's hard for them to believe. And let me just get back to mainstream quickly here, the word mainstream, because um, the, the, I think maybe the only, one of the only reasons we're having this conversation now is because your group is not mainstream in the same way that um, Christianity is mainstream, for instance. So, I mean, as someone looking at it from the outside, um, you know, I, I, I have some friends, they're like, oh, what, you're going to go interview this group, you know, they're crazy UFO cult, etc. But I mean, the thing is that what they ought to realize maybe is that um, what you just told me, like some of the things you just told me, really, they're not like the things, the tenets of their religions, the tenets of their religions are backed up by no more 
well, evidence. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You know? I, mean, I mean, all their miracles. I mean, exactly. what miracles? Do exactly. we have any? If we had scientific proof of this, they would, you know, we would. They wouldn't have to call them miracles anymore. They exactly. would just be occurrences. Exactly. And I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I've studied the theosophy teachings for many years, and there's nothing that I have found. Um, extremely alien to what I had, I had already studied in Buddhism, in Hinduism, Zen, uh, mystic Christianity, uh, the root, you know, the, the roots of Christianity, shamanism, um, paganism. You know, I, I had studied all these things beforehand. So when I came to society, it it wasn't like it was something new. It just brought it together for me in a way that helped me understand it all better. Um, there are a few aspects of the teachings of society that are unique. You know, the information that came through the mediumship of Dr. King that is unique that I have not found anywhere else. And it's mainly to, to do with describing certain events that happened on these other realms, um, specifically the lower realms, and most importantly, the initiation of Earth. You know, so there are certain bits of information that is unique that I haven't found elsewhere. But as far as the beliefs, our tenets, that is, is is universal you know it's it's ancient it's something that just you know defies and goes beyond any religion really and uh these things you're bringing up this is a uh, so dr george king mm -hmm. uh he is uh what i've read about him at least is that uh he practiced yoga and he mm -hmm. became very proficient with it mm -hmm. and uh this somehow opened up i guess a, a some sort of telepathic um communication mm -hmm. with uh, people on a different uh, well I guess for lack of a better word uh, what cosmic masters I think is what you they mm -hmm. have you yeah. called it yeah um, so he was born into a family of um, well his mother and his grandmother were uh, mediums you know um, advanced psychics you know and again I'm not, we're not trying to talk about that or the proof of that but you know for those who are familiar with that then you know this is the information i'm sharing even as a young child you know um george king had many psychic experiences witnessed lots of psychic phenomena um had experiences of transmitting energy what he refers to as healing energy to his mom who was you know seriously ill and um had a quote-unquote miracle you know she recovered and, and recovered her health so throughout his, his life, you know, and through childhood, even through his adolescence, his teenage years, he had lots of the psychic phenomena happening to him. So early on, he started to turn his, his, um, his studies, his attention to studying the psychic phenomena, the occult sciences. You know, he would, you know, attend seances, per, uh, for, for example, or, or, or go to places that people would consider haunted or whatnot. And he would study these things. He would, he would use um, his abilities to, to tap into these subtle realms and, and, and study them and talk to others, and et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't until after the war, he was a conscientious objector in the, in the, in the Second World War. He fought as a, um, in, the, in the, the fire uh, um, the fire brigade in um, in London. When he came back, <clears throat> is when he turned to yoga. Um, he felt that there was something missing, you know, something that beyond all the psychic phenomena, um, something more and more deep, more important. And he turned to yoga. We turned to healing and to yoga. Um, but he spent years, you know, almost a decade, 
practicing over eight hours a day, you know, these various intensive yogic practices and not just the yoga that we think of as far as the stretching and the poses, but some of the deeper aspects, the, the breathings, the mantras, the visualizations, um, the deep meditations, the meditative states. Um, so this he practiced over many, many years and it was at near, you know, the latter point part of this period that he was contacted you know this is what we refer to as the command because um he received a a message that came through uh, it was a voice that he heard all right i'm just gonna tell you straight up it was a voice that he heard and it said prepare yourself you're to become the voice of interplanetary parliament he had no idea what that meant um he recognized the form of communication because he he's not he wasn't uh, unfamiliar with psychic phenomena and, and um, voices beyond the physical. Um, but through his study and practice of yoga, he also realized that this wasn't his own voice. You know, um, he, he, he was in a, such a great control over his mind and his body that this wasn't some possession. This wasn't just, you know, some his own ego making this up. He knew it was real, but he had no idea what that meant. You know, he wasn't really studying interplanetary anything. You know, he, 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 he may have knew about, you know, some outer space phenomena, but it wasn't really his interest. And he knew very little about it and basically knew nothing what that, that message meant. It wasn't so, until some time after that he was visited by an, uh, an Indian yoga master who then kind of basically explained a little bit more what that meant, initiated him into some certain advanced yogic practices so that he could use his yogic abilities to establish a telepathic rapport with these advanced masters from other realms, from, from a higher uh, frequency of life, these cosmic masters. And that initiated his mission, his, um, uh, his next stage in life as a medium for these cosmic masters. And there have been well over, over 600 of these transmissions, what they refer to as transmissions to date, well, during his lifetime. Yeah, so he actually passed away in what I think it was the late ninety seven. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So now I'm going to be frank with you. I'm going to be pretty honest. So as you were discussing that to me, here's what was happening in my mind. I'm saying, "This is nuts, right? <laughs> this is what's going on in my mind, right? Sure, Absolutely sure. bonkers." Well, that's about it for part one of this two-part interview with Oscar Leon from the Ethereus Society. I'll have the rest of this interview up next week. Until then, thanks a lot for listening. Thus concludes this episode of Share a Slice with Sean. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Slices Podcast. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Godless Poutine. Music is by Chromatics and is used with their permission. You can find them on SoundCloud. Links to the music, Twitter feeds and guest sites are provided in the show notes. Thanks for listening and tally ho.